Girlfriends, episode number 351, How to Find Peace in Advent. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week we are talking about finding peace in Advent. Is that even possible during these busy weeks leading up to Christmas? We're going to talk about it. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriend, how are you? Thank you so much for being here. I am excited to connect with you about this topic, finding peace in Advent, because this is such a busy and packed time of year. So busy that you might even feel like peace is impossible. Like you just kind of, I know I've done this certain years where I'm like, it's just going to be crazy and I just need to deal with it and my life's going to be chaos. And in the end, we'll survive it, you know, kind of like gritting your teeth to kind of get through the holiday season. Well, I don't I don't think that's the best. I mean, some years you might have to, you know, <laughs> do that a little bit, rally a little bit, get through it a little bit. But God wants for you to have peace, especially this time of year. So peace, even if it might feel very far away, I'm going to be sharing some ideas for some ways that we can all find a little more peace especially during the Advent season. And uh, peace is actually a theme that we're focused on during the month of December in the Girlfriends community. So every month we focus on a different virtue, a different theme, something that we want to kind of cultivate in our lives for that month. And we're actually using a book that I wrote many years ago with my good friend Elizabeth Foss called Small Steps for Catholic Moms. It's published by Ave Maria Press, and it's a day-by-day kind of devotional where there's one page for every day. And every day there's a prompt for thinking. It's like a quote from a saint or a quote from scripture, a prompt toward prayer, and then an action item, sort of a suggestion. And when we put together that book, Elizabeth and I sat down and we decided on different themes for each month. And I've loved being able to focus on those themes just in my everyday life, just month by month. I think it's a really helpful way to grow in virtue and to focus on the ways that God is calling us to work on ourselves and uh, be conscious about our daily lives and some of these gifts that he wants to give us, like the gift of peace. So during the month of December in Girlfriends over at girlfriendscommunity.com, if you haven't already joined us there, I really hope that you'll consider joining us. We're doing a lot of great things for Advent that I don't want you to miss out on, and it's not too late to join us. So um, if you enjoy what we do here on the podcast, you would be a great fit for the Girlfriends community. You can join us at girlfriendscommunity.com. But Back to our theme, back to our focus on peace. So let me see. I took some notes here. I've got six different ideas that I'm going to share with you about ways that you can cultivate peace. How can we find peace even in the very busy season of Advent? So the first one I'm going to suggest is screen your influences. This means pay attention to what you are taking in. So a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about things for your Advent season, Uh, I was saying like, do less, right? That was one of the things. And this is right along the lines of that, like screening your influences, like take in less and think about what you're taking in. So what am I talking about here? I'm talking about things like social media. Social media can cause so much anxiety 
that you don't even realize, or it can cause like feelings of just self-loathing because you're not matching up to these, these images of perfection that you might be seeing on somebody's Instagram account, or, you know, it can be a distraction in those ways, but then also just commercialism, whether it's on social media, there's always another ad. Every time I turn around, this is part of why I wanted to found the girlfriend's community, because as much as social media can be a great tool for building community, there are lots of distractions there. And ads is definitely one of them. And it's something I've noticed on Instagram more and more in like the last two years is that it's becoming more and more just the ads kind of blend seamlessly in with the content that you're taking in. Some of the content reads and feels like an ad. Some of the ads read and feel like regular content. And in the end, I mean, there's nothing wrong with people wanting to sell things, right? I mean, this is this is part of our, our the world in which we live, right? People are, are making a living and, and some of the things you might be interested in buying. But this time of year, especially every time you turn around, somebody is trying to tell you that you can buy a Merry Christmas. And on some subconscious level, even if you reject that idea and you know what Christmas is all about, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season and it's not all about the gifts on some level, if you're being exposed to that kind of message in an ongoing way, it's going to seep in. It's going to affect how you're thinking, how you're feeling. It's going to produce anxiety. All these like, you know, this shopping anxiety that you can experience, right? This time of year, this drive to just like buy more, like I'm going to have the perfect Christmas because I'm going to buy all of these things. And we know that's not true. We know we can't buy happiness. And yet on some level, especially this time of year, it can be tempting to act like we believe that a little bit. I know one year I got all my shopping done early and I thought, oh, this is going to be so great because I'm going to have like the most spiritually focused advent ever. And in some ways it was great. But one thing that I noticed was that even if my shopping was quote unquote done, I kept on shopping. I mean... <laughs> Like there's just always like every time you turn around this time of year, there's another thing like in your face, like this is the perfect gift. And there were some kids that I, I like bought too many things for some people on my list. I bought too many things for just because my shopping was done. But then it would be like, oh, but this is the perfect thing. Right. And that's all around us. And if we're not conscious about it, if we're not conscious about rejecting the idea that we can buy a Merry Christmas, that we can create perfection through material goods, through the perfect meal that's going to be served on the perfect dishes, and then the perfect gifts wrapped in the perfect paper under the perfect tree with the perfect decorations. Like, like we all know, we all have this image in our minds, I think, and, and we, women especially, can fall prey to that idea. And I talked about this in our previous Advent episode a couple of shows back, that we create this, like we're going to create Christmas for our families, for our friends, for our, you know, for our communities. Well, no, we're not going to create Christmas. There's a lot that we do behind the scenes, a lot of work that is important and goes into our various celebrations, and that's all well and good. But let's make sure that we're not thinking about it like, we're going to create it with material things. Be careful what you're allowing to influence you. So yeah, it might be social media. It might be commercials on television. It might be just the stores you're going into. You might want to limit how many times you're going into stores this holiday season because it really can produce anxiety and it can cause you to overspend and or just you know shift your mentality toward more consumerism, more materialism, moving away from the spirit of this season of Advent, which is we're meant to be preparing our hearts for receiving baby Jesus, for receiving the gift, the perfect gift, something you'd never buy, 
right? Something you could never buy, the gift of Jesus Christ. And you're not going to buy that in a store and you're not going to decorate your house in a way that's going to prepare your heart. I mean, okay, there was some connection there, right? But you, you know what I'm saying? That So pay attention to the messages that you are receiving every day, whether it's on the radio or the news you're listening to or online or a television show you're watching or those Hallmark Christmas specials, whatever it is. Pay attention to what's influencing how you feel about this time of year and what your expectations are and how you're spending money, how you're spending your time and whether or not you have this growing sense of anxiety and overwhelm and stress caused by all of these things. And look for things that you can cut out of your life, things that are influencing you that aren't good for you. What can you cut out? So that's my first one. Screen your influences. Figure out what's influencing you in your life and remove the things that are not moving you toward peace. All right. My second suggestion for you is to read scripture. So definitely we should be reading scripture every day, all year round. But if that's not a habit for you, Advent is a beautiful time of year to do that. And if you haven't already joined us in the Girlfriends community, we are reading the Gospel of Luke one chapter a day through the season of Advent. Luke has 24 chapters, so it's a great doable goal for the season of Advent. But if you haven't joined us already, I want to first of all say it's not too late to join us. You can join us and and dive right in to where we are in um, the book of Luke right now. But if you want to do this on your own, you can. And, you know, uh, it's a little later in the Advent season now, but that that doesn't mean you you shouldn't set a goal of reading scripture and uh, make it something doable. Maybe you're just going to read the first two chapters of Luke. Maybe you're going to just read a first, a, you know, a few lines each day and then just quietly, you know, ponder them in your heart. So, you know, and Luke is the is really a, a great gospel to read during Advent, especially those first two chapters, because this is where we learn what Christmas is, right? And what it's all about. So focusing on those where it's like the birth of Jesus or, oh, Mary's Magnificat. So when we read about the visitation where Mary goes to her cousin Elizabeth because she's heard that she's pregnant and she wants to be of service to her, that beautiful moment where Mary sings this prayer, this Magnificat. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So these are beautiful words. And actually, there are, there are many, many ways that this Magnificat has been set to music. Maybe you want to do that. Maybe you want to listen to the Magnificat. Maybe you want to make that part of your, your daily prayer life right now. But incorporating scripture in some way is a beautiful way for you to find peace in your life, because that's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is peace. If whatever you're doing in your your spiritual life or lack thereof is causing you anxiety or stress, that's not what God wants for you. So make it doable, make it simple, start right now, read some scripture. And it doesn't have to be the Gospel of Luke. I'm just recommending that because I think it's a great fit. But, you know, whatever it is that, that speaks to you, or maybe you have a particularly uh, favorite gospel passage and, and you want to spend a few, a few days or a few moments each day just reading it and reflecting on it for the remainder of the Advent season, that's a beautiful goal. Do that. And, you know, find a way to incorporate more scripture, more reading of scripture in your daily life. And I think it was last week that I shared the the message from listener Savannah, who had kind of taken the points from a recent Girlfriends podcast and written them out. I, I think she printed them up in, in fancy font and put them around her house to remind herself of it. Well, that's something you can do with scripture. <laughs> I love that you do it with the Girlfriends podcast, but scripture is a little bit more important. So, you know, find a, a favorite passage from scripture, maybe even one that you want to memorize. 
put it even just simply on a sticky note. You don't have to be fancy about it, but if you want to be fancy, you could print it up, put it on the refrigerator, put it inside, um, you know, the cabinet door in the kitchen that you open all the time, put it on your bathroom mirror, you know, put it near your bed so you can read it and pray with it before you go to bed at night. These are very simple ways of incorporating more scripture in your life. And I promise you that incorporating more scripture in your life is going to give you a greater sense of peace because God wants that for you. And when he speaks to us, one of the one of the benefits of that is a sense of peace. The, it kind of helps us to see things a little bit more from God's perspective, a little bit more of that big picture perspective that all of these little things that we're worried about, that we're stressed about, whether it's finances or health or busy, you know, calendars this time of year that are stressing you out, then, you know, these, these things, as much as they feel like they matter in the moment, from God's perspective, they're so small and he's so much bigger than all of it. And reading scripture is a beautiful way to remind ourselves of the bigger picture, of the greater reality of our lives here on earth and how much these little things don't matter in the long run. So reading scripture is a beautiful way to add some more peace to your Advent season. All right. The third idea I have for you is go to confession. Yes. If you haven't been yet this Advent season, maybe you haven't been in months, maybe you haven't been in years, this is a key to peace in your life. So getting the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness that God wants to give you through the sacrament of confession is a beautiful way to find peace in your life. So many times we don't have peace, we have unrest, and we're not even aware of what is causing that. And it often can be uh, sinful behavior sins from our past that we're holding on to, unforgiveness that we're holding on to in our hearts, unresolved conflicts with other people in our lives, sinful habits that we haven't paused to reflect on the negative influence they are in our lives. Confession is the key to ridding yourself of those things that are stressing you, that are hurting you. And it's in the sacrament of confession that you will find the forgiveness, the peace, the mercy, the healing that God wants to give you. And, you know, if you're, and we all have complicated, a complicated relationship with the sacrament of confession. And, you know, some people like love, love, love it. And they're so good about going regularly. But most people I know have a somewhat more complicated relationship with the sacrament that they know they should go more often, but it never seems to be a convenient time or they're uncomfortable going, or maybe you had a bad experience once in confession. Well, don't let that one bad experience with that one very human flawed priest hurt you in an ongoing way in your life, because that's what denying yourself access to the sacrament is doing. It is hurting you. And it is robbing you of the peace and the joy, the grace, the mercy, the love, and the forgiveness that God wants to give you in the sacrament of confession. So if you haven't already been this Advent season, this is your major nudge, your reminder, your kick in the pants, do it. Uh, A lot of parishes will have reconciliation services this time of year. So that can be a really easy way to go. But you can always call up and make an appointment to go at your parish. Or if you're shy and you don't want to confess to your pastor, I know a lot of people feel funny about that, or especially if you know, or you work at your parish or whatever, you know, if you have any of those kind of stumbling blocks or obstacles, well, 
you are totally allowed to go to confession to a priest that doesn't know you in in some other nearby town or whatever, or go to one of these reconciliation services where there are multiple priests and and you can you know choose to get in line with one that that you don't have a, a relationship with or or that you won't feel funny seeing you know the next Sunday when you're sitting in the pew. That's a very human thing, and I think sometimes we get caught up in that. And in fact. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I saw somebody on social media kind of like admonishing people for going to a different parish for confession for that reason, because they're uncomfortable, you know, confessing to their own pastor. And you know what? I'm not ever going to admonish somebody for that. I think that's very human. And if that is what's keeping you from the sacrament of confession, gosh, <laughs> go somewhere else. You know, canon law says we have a right to an anonymous confession. That means you can confess behind a screen. That means you can confess to a priest you don't know and that doesn't know you. Uh, it's perfectly okay. And it's actually, you know, that's a very normal thing. And, you know, these things can kind of trip us up and they can kind of get in the way. And, um, you know, like, especially when I was like teaching my kids about the sacrament of confession and they were going for the first time, I tried to help them remove all of those obstacles. I never wanted to like force my kid into a situation. Like sometimes my boys were altar servers and they knew the priest well, and I was never going to push them to go face to face or push them to go to a priest that they know well, because, I never wanted there to be a temptation for them to make an incomplete or insufficient confession or hold something back out of, you know, fear and shame. Like shame is attached to sin. And, you know, acknowledging that is is perfectly okay, perfectly normal, perfectly human. And so, yeah, if that's something that's getting in the way of you receiving the sacrament of confession, definitely do whatever you can to remove those obstacles and um, find yourself a way that you can feel comfortable going to confession. So this is my friendly reminder to you of the extreme, enormous value of the sacrament of confession. Don't don't let anything get between you and that, the grace and the mercy and the love and the healing that Jesus wants to give you in a very personal way through the sacrament of confession, you will come out of there with a wonderful sense of peace. Now, not every time you go to confession are you like walking on clouds as you come out, but I think we all can relate. Like, uh, you know, certain times when I'll go to confession or it's been a long time or something is really bothering me or something, I'm overwhelmed sometimes by the sense of peace when I'm leaving. But even if you don't have that overwhelming sense of peace, the grace is real. It, you know, it's not about feelings. So, um, so if that's, you know, don't, don't expect that you're going to have to have some magical experience for, you know, for it to be working, right? God's grace is going to be working in your life through that sacrament, whether you're feeling it or not. But ultimately doing something like that, um, going to confession and relieving yourself of the burden of sin, relieving yourself of the burden of unforgiveness that you might be holding in your heart toward other people, and just availing yourself of, to that, the grace and the mercy that God wants to give you is going to result in more peace in your life. So definitely a beautiful way to prepare yourself for the season of Christmas, which is right around the corner, is uh, making sure you get to confession. All right. The fourth idea that I want to share with you um, to give you a greater sense of peace this Advent season is to say no to something. So this is a little bit of a refrain from our, our last Advent themed episode where I encourage you to do less of something. So this might mean turning down that invitation to the neighbor's open house Christmas party, whatever thing it is, that it just feels like one thing too many. The thing you always go to, well, maybe you don't have to. 
Um, it might mean saying no to an, in, a commitment to a family obligation that's burdening you, a financial obligation that's burdening you, a personal or a work-related obligation that's burdening you. Just say no to something and get yourself right in the head about that. You know, that if it's too much, it's too much. I recently had an experience where somebody asked me to do something and I knew the moment she asked me to do it, I, I didn't really even know her very well. She She's not a close friend or anything, but it was like, I realized this is too much, you know, but out of this like sense of obligation and wanting to quote unquote, be nice, I agreed to this thing. And then I found myself not even doing the thing. <laughs> it was terrible. I was putting it off. I was, you know, just procrastinating. And every time thinking of it, feeling overwhelmed, feeling stressed by it, feeling like it, feeling resentful toward this person, like so stupid. In the end, I did do the thing, but I, <laughs> I learned a lesson. Like if you know it's too much, just say no. And Accept that you need to say no to some things and, you know, accept the fact that maybe there's going to be some social discomfort around the fact that you said no to the thing, but actually more likely not. Like people don't care so much as we think they do. Right. And, and, and it's so funny because we'll build sometimes we'll build these things up in our own heads like, oh, my gosh, my neighbor Susie is going to be so heartbroken if I don't make it to her cookie swap or whatever. I'm like, you know, no, she's not. She's going to be fine. She's got a million and one things on her plate as well. But even so, even if the person doesn't understand, you you have an obligation to yourself and to your own mental and spiritual health, especially during the season of Advent, to be putting that first. And if someone doesn't understand that, well, you know, that's that's too bad. And, you know, I'm not saying be selfish about things, but to some degree, I think we women especially need a reminder to... Um, balance ourselves in that way. You don't owe everybody a yes. You don't owe everybody your time, your attention, your energy. You don't. So saying no and getting comfortable saying no to something can be a beautiful way to give yourself peace. I, I actually did this recently um, with uh, an obligation for, it was a social obligation that I, it, as the week went on, it was a social obligation at the end of the week. And I had, you know, I had agreed to it. And um, it just every time I thought of it as the week was wearing on, I just felt like it's too much. It's too much. And so finally, by the middle of the week, I decided I need to cancel this thing. I need to say I can't make it and apologize and we can reschedule or whatever. It's just too much for this week. And I went ahead and did that. My friend was very understanding about it. It's not that I don't love this person. It was that it was too much for that week. And then I felt so free and it gave me such a great sense of peace because that's how it should be, right? <laughs> My schedule needed to be more balanced. And I'm sure there are ways in your life right now that your schedule needs to be more balanced. So think about that. What is it that you need to say no to? And, you know, and remember saying no to something is truly saying yes to something else. It's saying yes to your own peace, saying yes to time that's going to be spent with your family or time spent in prayer or time with your husband Saying no to something is a yes to something else that's good. All right. Number five, speaking of husbands, uh, this one, I'm going to encourage you to nurture your marriage during the season of Advent. So this is for those of you who are married, those of us who are married. But if you're not married, this can apply to some other close relationship in your life because this is a season of stress. This is a season of increased stress. And sometimes our closest personal relationships are the ones that suffer the most this time of year because 
we can count on that person, right? You can count on your husband. You're married, right? So you can kind of take him for granted a little bit. You can, you know, kind of neglect that relationship a little bit this time of year. But this is an opportunity for you to kind of head that off at the past, the the damage that can be done because you're busy, because you're stressed, because you've got too many things on your plate to your closest relationships, including your marriage. So I think being a little bit intentional, maybe you want to set up a date night. Dan and I usually go out a couple of times during the Advent season. And, and you know, we're at a stage in our lives where it's very easy for us to just go out on a date night. And so we're able to do it maybe more so than, you know, somebody who's listening right now that's got a bunch of little kids and like, they're like, how? It doesn't, it doesn't have to be going out, but you know, there are opportunities this time of year. Maybe you're going to make a date night and just have some eggnog by the Christmas tree. Maybe you're going to have a date night like Dan and I do and um, do some Christmas shopping. So it's actually productive at the same time. And it's fun. We have so much fun going to stores and, and picking out things for our kids and for other people in our lives. It's, it's really a lot of fun to do together. So Dan and I have at least a couple of times we go out during the Advent season and we make a night of it. Like we'll go, we'll do the shopping thing and then we'll like get dinner and then maybe do a little more shopping before we come home. And it's a ta- it's a way of taking like a to-do, a task, which can be burdensome. And, you know, so many of us women are out there doing the Christmas shopping on our own and we're exhausted and depleted from it. So, you know, Anyway, your husband might hate to be (laughs) dragged along. Uh, Thankfully, Dan actually enjoys shopping quite a bit. But, you know, something that you'll enjoy together. Just be a little bit deliberate about nurturing your marriage during this season so that you won't wake up in 2023 and be like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) I have I have neglected this person who is most important in my life. You know, so being a little intentional about that, I think, is really important because because stress and and all the the things that we're doing, all the important things that we're doing this time of year can can detract from that. But doing a little bit more intentional taking care of your closest relationships can do a lot to offset that. All right. Final thing I'm going to suggest that you do to find more peace in your Advent season is to be still. What do I mean by that? How can we be still? There's too much stuff to do, right? Well, be intentional about having a little bit of time in every day, wherever it can be, in the morning, on your lunch break, in the evening, after the kids go to bed, before you go to bed, where you're just going to sit and just be. Because this is such a season of doing and doing and doing. And we... (laughs) We women are rock stars at getting all this stuff done. It's crazy. You know, I have a good girlfriend who once she was kind of complaining to her husband about everything she had to do before Christmas. And, you know, she was feeling stressed by it. And she was like saying, oh, my gosh, I'm feeling overwhelmed by this. And and he he was trying to be encouraging, but he responded to her and said, oh, don't worry. It always, always gets, you know, it always just gets done in the end. She was like, I know that's because I do it all, <laughs> you know? And it is, I mean, so many times in our families and in our marriages, we women are the ones who are getting all of the things done and it can be easy to begin to feel resentful of it. So first of all, recognize that I'm giving you a great big high five for all the amazing things that you do in your home, in your family, in your workplace, in your church, in your community, especially this time of year. But all the more reason to be intentional about having some time in each day where you allow yourself to not do, but just be. Think of it as the Mary and Martha. Marthas are important this time of year, and it's okay if you're doing many things, but make sure that you're not losing touch with Mary and sitting at the feet of Jesus, sitting, kneeling before the crash, 
You might might actually physically do that in your home or in your church. But even just sitting next to a, a lit Christmas tree is such a beautiful and peaceful thing to do. Be intentional about having time to do that. And maybe it's part of your morning routine. Maybe you're going to have a cup of coffee and do your, your morning prayers by the Christmas tree. It's beautiful and it's cozy and it's just a, a beautiful seasonal thing to do. But just being still, not feeling like you have to do stuff. Just be. Maybe you're going to have an, a cup of tea in the evening. My mom who raised nine of us, had a very busy life. But one of the beautiful examples she set for me, and all of us really, was she had what she called, I think she just called it tea time. And uh, it was after dinner, like all through the years when we kids were growing up, like after dinner was kind of like, you know, if you're raising kids in your house or if you have raised kids in your house, you know, it can be a crazy time. Like all that energy is pent up and it's like before bedtime and life can get chaotic. She used to just let that happen. And, you know, all of us crazy kids were doing whatever we were doing, playing, running around, you know, whatever. And she would just sit at the table and drink a cup of tea. And uh, sometimes she would have oranges or, you know, something like a dessert at the time. But it was just about she's just like, I'm sitting and I'm drinking a cup of tea right now. And, you know, having a warm beverage is a beautiful way to do that because it can take time for it to cool and you have to sip it slowly. So whether it's tea for you or not, finding a, a routine like that, that you can incorporate in, in your life right now, especially, you know, in these final weeks leading up to Christmas is a really important way that you can cultivate a, a greater sense of peace in your life. It might be something like going for a walk. That might be a way that you you find peace, something that you will enjoy like that. Part of what's nice about going for a walk is like if you leave your phone behind, you leave all the noise behind, you get outside, especially this time of year. If you go for a walk in the evening, you can see Christmas lights on your neighbor's house. Or if you live in a, a beautiful natural area, you can enjoy just the natural sights and sounds or just enjoy the brisk cold. The cold air kind of wakes you up a little bit and just enjoy that sensation. Just be, be still, don't do. For just a few minutes every day, having that incorporated in your daily routine, I think is going to provide a much greater sense of peace overall in your advent. All right, so those are my six ideas that I want to share with you just to review. First, screen your influences. Second, read scripture. Put more scripture in your day. Three, get yourself to confession. Four, say no to something. Five, nurture your marriage. And six, be still. But you might have some ideas about how to cultivate a sense of peace in the Advent season, and I would love to hear them from you. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I would love to hear from you in those places. All right, we've got more of the show coming up, but first a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to The Girlfriends Podcast. The most important person ever to walk the face of the earth, the source and summit of all things Catholic. But do we really know him? Hi, I'm Dr. Marcellino D'Ambrosio, sometimes known as Dr. Italy. For 30 years, I've taught about Jesus in Catholic university classrooms, on TV, and on radio. And I've been surprised at how Catholics fascinated with so many of the unique features of the rich Catholic tradition, seem to take for granted the very basis of it all, the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Some other Catholic Bible teachers I know have noticed the very same problem. So Jeff Cavins, Dr. Edward Sree, and I decided to collaborate on a groundbreaking study that would focus simply on the life and teaching of Jesus Christ, filmed on location in the land where it all happened. Those who take this journey with us will learn amazing new things about the gospel stories they thought they knew so well, 
about his family, his friends, his enemies, his miracles. But even more importantly, they will come to know Jesus in a new and astonishing way that will make a surprising difference in their everyday lives. This study, Jesus, The Way, The Truth, and The Life, helps you learn with all your senses. The videos filmed on site in the Holy Land will change the way you visualize the gospel stories. The study guide includes gorgeous images, provocative quotes, illuminating maps, and challenging questions. The book that accompanies the study will have you riveted all the way to the end. Order the study pack now at ascensionpress.com forward slash Jesus and get immediate at-home access to the videos and the study guide while the printed components are shipped to you. Again, you can order Jesus the Way, the Truth, and the Life at ascensionpress.com forward slash Jesus. You'll be glad you did. Your life will never be the same. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share some listener feedback or a listener question. And today I heard all the way from the UK from Valeria. So here, and I love this because this is just obviously from the UK. She starts out, dear, lovely Danielle. I mean, I love this already. I love you, Valeria. You're the best. All right. So she says, I want to say, first of all, thank you for your online presence and especially for your cheerfulness. I enjoy your podcast and have appreciated your input and other things I've seen like you and Dan on Joyful Ever After a couple of years ago. Okay. Side quote from me. That was so fun. (laughs) So it was one of those online during the pandemic virtual conference things. And Dan and I got to present together and never had done anything like that with him before. And it was it's a marriage conference. So Joyful Ever After is a marriage ministry founded by my good friends, Damon and Melanie Owens. And um, it was so fun to do that. It also was seriously stressful because I... I realized when we were going to record the video that I do a lot of these things and I'm not like an expert at it, but I'm comfortable in a way that, you know, Dan hasn't experienced it. And so he he needed a, a little more time to like prepare and I wasn't being patient about that. So anyway, the whole the whole experience wound up being a ton of fun. I was really proud of how we did it, but also it was a learning experience. It helped me in my marriage. So another side benefit of that Joyful Ever After conference, just a side note. <laughs> so anyway, back to the letter, the the email that I got from Valeria. Okay. She says, uh, you are amazing, or you might prefer, I say the grace of God in you is amazing <laughs> to be doing so many things as well as raising your family, a job that never quite ends as I'm finding out with some of my children in their 20s. I am Italian by birth and blood, but I have lived in the UK all of my adult life as my husband is British. Okay, so Valeria, that that explains the name. So I feel that I'm listening from a long way away. I am very thankful to be able to hop into the great American resources for Catholic mums. Isn't this great? I love it. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed your interview with Beth Bubick, and it made me think that perhaps it is time that I tackle head on the weight issue, which has been a big problem for me so far, but I am now 50 and it's creeping up on me. There are many other challenges for us as a family and me personally at the moment, but this is one that I have pushed to the back of the queue again. This is so great. (laughs) Push to the back of the queue. However, I loved Beth's decisive approach. So maybe I tuned into that podcast for a reason. 
I'd love your thoughts on the sugar issue, and in particular, what you think about sugar in oats and fruit. I'm thinking breakfast, you see. I have a Bircher Mucili overnight oats with lots of fruit made, as my friend Sally taught me. Sally comes from a long line of women from the German part of Switzerland, and they have a lot of wonderful kitchen wisdom handed down from their grandmothers. I love that, and I'm sure you do as well. With the Mucili, in spite of the nuts and seeds that I add, it really is very sweet. What do you think? Is that part of the unhealthy cycle Beth mentioned? Love and prayers, Valeria. Okay, so first of all, thank you so much. Your email made my day, Valeria. I love I love that we have listeners, uh, you know, across the pond, so to speak. I, I'm thrilled that you're listening. and I'm thrilled you're, you're getting something out of what I share here. And I'm also happy that that fasting podcast on the topic of fasting felt very approachable and doable for you and that it's encouraging you to kind of uh, decide what what role you want fasting to play in your life. I think that's great. So good for you. I want to encourage you to, to consider that. But so your particular question, now I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a health expert. But what immediately strikes me is the sugar that you're mentioning in this mucili, which sounds like really wonderful, beautiful, nutritious, whole food, isn't isn't the problem. Like, I don't think you need to be worried about that. I think the kinds of sugar that we need to worry about is like processed foods or all the sugar we dump into these sweet coffee drinks that we Americans love or sugar in a soda or cupcakes, you know, those kinds of things. And when I gave up sugar in in the girlfriend's community, we all made these like little commitments during the month of November. And I removed sugar from my diet. And it did make me pause and think about things like that. Not I don't eat muesli, but it sounds delicious. And I might like to try. But I, like thinking about like, okay, so does like the sugar in a piece of banana bread count? Like, is that a sweet? Yeah, kind of. I ended up kind of thinking it was. <laughs> and um, or like if I don't typically like I usually drink black coffee, like during that time, like would I add sugar to my coffee? No, shouldn't do that. But mostly I was focused on things like processed foods or baked goods, those kinds of sugars that I kind of tended to look to. And And at the time, my husband was like, well, what about like white bread or pasta, which, you know, when you're when you're carb conscious, all that stuff is sugar. It's all just sugar. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, all of this to say, I, I don't think that that is I don't think that's your problem. <laughs> but, you know, talk to a nutritionist or talk to your doctor or maybe you want to get connected with Beth Bubick from um, that episode. You can you can find the links in that episode over at ascensionpress.com. Um, I really I really think um, that's not going to be the issue if you're eating good, healthy, nutritious whole foods. That's that's a wonderful way to feed your body to keep yourself healthy. So again, thank you for your question and thank you for all of your wonderful encouragement from over there in the UK. God bless you, Valeria. All right, that's all the time we have for today. But as we're closing out this episode, there are two things I want to suggest for us to stay in touch outside of the podcast, because this is a ton of fun. I love that you've been here for today's show, but I would love to be connected with you in an ongoing way. So two ways that we can do that is, first of all, are you subscribed to the show notes? If you're not already subscribed to the show notes here for Girlfriends, I it's super easy to do. Just text the the word girlfriends to 33777. Super easy way to get yourself subscribed to those show notes. And what that does is it makes sure you never miss an episode because you will always get the show notes for every episode right in your inbox. But it also means you don't have to worry about going over and clicking around and trying to find the show notes for every episode. I hear from people every week on social media who are like, what was that link? Who was that person you talked to? And what was that book that you you interviewed the author on girlfriends? And 
you'll always have it right in your inbox. All the information for every show, all the great links and resources that we're sharing here. And a bonus only for people who are subscribed to the show notes for girlfriends, you'll get a song of the week. I've been sharing one song each week. It's been a ton of fun to do. And um, the only way you can get that is by subscribing to the show notes for the Girlfriends podcast. So you can do that super easy. Just text the word girlfriends to 33777. And now for Valeria and anybody outside the US, you have to go over to ascensionpress.com, unfortunately, to uh, subscribe to the podcast, but you can do it there. You can absolutely subscribe. You just can't use that cute little trick of texting the word girlfriends to 33777. All right. And the other way I want to encourage you to connect with us is through the Girlfriends Community. Over at girlfriendscommunity.com, we go further with the topics we talk about here on the podcast, and we really get to know each other. We're praying with and for each other every day. We're talking about a variety of topics from marriage to health and wellness to parenting to our own faith journeys. So much going on there and such a rich resource of beautiful Catholic women who are coming together for the unique purpose of encouraging and affirming each other in our vocations. What a beautiful thing it is. I am honored to be a part of it and I want you to be a part of it too. So please come on over and check it out, girlfriendscommunity.com. We would be so blessed to have you. All right, that's all the time we have for today, but thank you for being here. I really appreciate the time that we get to spend together here on the podcast each week. It's such an encouragement to me to know that you are listening and that we're able to connect here week after week right through the Girlfriends podcast. So thank you for that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 